Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been, and will always be, about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined for this, your Tuesday Best Bets episode, by Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst, and the analytics capper, Albert Wynn, AC. Brandon, we're going to get into all of our best bets for the Tuesday slate. You can also check out our weekend recap. We'll talk about the series, give some futures plays, etc. as we go over the series in the NBA playoffs. A reminder, everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. Check it out. You just go check it out. Go look at it. Just go look. If you haven't downloaded it, go look at it. Just go look. Your phone has space. Don't lie to me. Your phone has space. Download it and go play around with it. You'll be like, okay, this is pretty cool. Okay, they've been bugging me about it. Just go do it. You will absolutely, you will get so much out as a better from that app. You will find so much stuff. Too bad that you want to bet angles. It will make you smarter. Go download the app right now. All right, guys, as we always do, we'll go around the slate and list our best bets for the Tuesday slate. We do have two games in the NBA playoffs on Tuesday in the association. Uh, that's a lie. We have not do not have two, two games. We have more than that um, because I forget that they're stacking these games together. And I honestly forgot that the Hawks won game uh, three. So we have Hawks Celtics. Celtics are a 12 and a half point favorite totals 231. We have Nuggets Wolves. Nuggets are a nine point favorite totals 231 and a half. Clippers Suns. The Suns are 12 point favorites at home. Totals 224 and a half. I have some numbers on these 3 1 series that I would like to go ahead and get into. But first, we'll do our best bets. Albert, where are your best bets for the Tuesday? Yes, I'm going to keep this one simple. They almost had a miraculous comeback or a choke job by the Timberwolves, depending on how you look at it in game three or game four. Um, but I like the Nuggets to bounce back game five, first quarter minus two and a half points. All right, Nuggets first quarter for AC. Brandon, what do you like from the Tuesday slate? I like taking a night out on Tuesday. I think that's what I really like with these series. Let's wrap these things up. Give me the NFL draft clean on Thursday. I am going to play one, though, but I'm going to wait for the odds to get better. But right now, give me a money line on the Clippers. Plus 575. I'm going to wait because I think if Kawhi gets announced out as expected, that line goes up. But give me the Clippers to win and keep it alive. Okay. Uh, yeah, this one is a this is a rough, rough <laughs> uh, slate for me to bet. 
I'm going to go with the under 231 in Hawks Celtics. I'm going to go with the over 221 and a half in Wolves Nuggets. We're going to put those two plays on the board. Um, I want to go ahead and get into this trend because I think it's really fascinating. Um, as we we kind of look at the game fives in particular. So the first trend that I will go ahead and list is since 2019-20, when the team has covered, they I'm sorry, when the team has won the game outright, they are 270, 28, and 5 at 91% against the spread. Um, likewise, this also works. Basically, the trend here is, and Matt Mitchell is what wanted me to mention this, like if you are a dog and you cover, you won outright. So you should play the money line. If you are a favorite and you covered or and you won, you also covered, you should play the spread. Like that's been the trend consistently in the, all these these kind of games. I did find an exception, and it turns out that it's 3-1 series game fives. This is like a fascinating trend to me that goes against all these other ones. Um, in that same time span, teams uh, that are up 3-1 in game five are 5-5-1 five, five, and one against the spread, 9-2 and two straight up. So they win, but they've covered at a 50% clip. If they've won, they're only 5-3-1 at 63%. So that's a drop from 90% to 63%. Still pretty good. So if you think that they're going to win the game, you should go ahead and take them out right. Um, you should go ahead and, and take a look at that. I think it's uh, just notable here. Like I think it's really fascinating that we're, we're looking at essentially this, this whole like trend where teams that have and this goes back if we go past the last three seasons this gets a lot lot stronger if you're up three one in a series you've won 63 percent of the time but you've only covered since 2003 44 percent of the time 32 41 and two like think about this you're going from like this historic like big margin all the way down to a like these teams win in this spot at 63 percent but they only cover 44 percent of the time to me, Brandon, this is indicative of a, an overall trend where essentially the market's like, okay, it's game five. Sure, they get a game, but the one team's clearly better. They bump them. And like, I think the books are kind of, um, they're getting greedy here and being like, everybody's going to want to bet this favorite. We can bump this up and make and take a little bit off the margin. Plus, I think probably the money's just coming in and pushing those teams up as well. They're expecting big handles on the team to close it out. But I think it's very fascinating that if we look at a larger sample, 2000 and, since 2003, just a 43.8% clip ATS for the team up 3-1 in game, in game five. Yeah, I don't know if I can even call it getting greedy. I think it's just reading us the better properly. <laughs> I mean, you know me, Matt. I look at these games and what do I want to do? Give me the alternate lines, right? Just give me the minus 10, minus 15, minus 25. What's the blowout? Well, you can't do that when the line started at minus nine or minus 12 on these. Like you want to play an alternate to win by 15? Okay, sure. Plus 150. Enjoy. You know, like you want to get a minus 20? We're not even going to list that one for you. Like they they know, I think, what we're looking for. So I don't know if it's even greedy as much as just like they, they, they know where the bread is where their bread is buttered and where the money's going to come in at if they don't do that. So yeah, it's, that was kind of the problem. The, the Tuesday theme is if that's what I think, if I think a team is ready to roll over and I've said that about the Celtics, uh, uh, not the Celtics, about the Hawks against the Celtics all series long. And we're in three spots here where there, there's really not much reason to believe. And there's the underdog team kind of has to feel like, okay, the season's a wrap, right? Like we made the road trip here. 
but we kind of know, you know, this has not been the the easiest ride for any of these three teams. Where's the edge then? If you can't just go give me the alternate 15, 20 point win, can you play just a quarter like Albert has? Can you play just first half? Do you blow out early in the half and then take it later? I don't know. I, I don't know if we know the answer to that. Matt, do you remember off the top of your head? I'm curious with that trend you stated since 03. When did we switch from 232 to 22111 format? Has that been during that stretch at all? So that's only for the finals, right? It was only applicable in the finals, and they switched that after the 2014. But did, didn't these early rounds used to always be 232 as well, or has that been a long time already? Nope. And that's always been the uh, the trend okay. that they've always gone. The two thirty two was reserved for the finals um, to change the media perspective, but they decided that it was too much of an advantage for one team to have three ta- three games at home. Okay, yeah. So so that doesn't then apply to the game. I was worried that that was maybe uh, switching the data in the game five thing a little bit, but yeah. I mean, we expect these teams to win. Uh, if you want to just take the night off and expect the three favorites to win. The one, two, three Cancun money line parlay is minus one sixty-four. So you just take Celtics, Nuggets, Suns, just win, get out of here, end the series, minus one sixty-four. I think that's a little too easy. I think one of these teams has to ruin my NFL draft night and plop a game six into the night and make us care about them one game further. Do you, do you guys think this is clean and easy, or does one team, somebody come through here? I think you're around yeah, if I, if I had to choose one team, I would I would actually agree with you on the Clippers. I think the money line look there out of the three teams that are down 1-3 makes a lot more sense to me. Russell Westbrook doesn't really care what the series score is. He's just going to go 100% no matter what. Um, he's been playing great, by the way. But yeah, the Hawks, the Hawks are toast. They should have uh, been a lot more competitive. If you were on the spread there in, in game four, it was seven and a half. They lost by eight um, by the hook there, but... Uh, they just really can't defend. If you're going to go back to Boston, there's just no way, in my opinion, there. Minnesota-Denver is a little interesting. Um, it could be Carl Anthony Towns' last game in, in a Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. Who knows, right? Who knows? But um, I think Denver is really going to take care of business, especially at home, especially in the elevation. They have the best home court advantage in the Western Conference, so that one's tough. So, yeah, out of the three underdogs, the plus 12 LA Clippers plus – 575 on the money line to me is probably the most enticing. Uh, I want to know those numbers I gave earlier are all for the round one. I'll give round two and beyond numbers after we get out of this first round. Cause I think the dynamics for the first round because the variance is wider is kind of important to know here. Cause you're going to get these longer spreads, right? Like the Sixers would not be huge dogs provided everybody's healthy um, in a game five on the road in Boston. If they were down three, one. Um, all right. AC. So you kind of mentioned it there. Like you're expecting the nuggets to go ahead and put the hammer down. Um, I think the, the the first quarter play is pretty sound here. I will say that I've looked at uh, first half numbers and they haven't been necessarily like I was like, OK, so we know that the overall trend, but maybe this is like a backdoor like they hang in. But the first half is pretty good. Same kind of numbers, honestly, on uh, first half trends when in bet labs, which you can find on Action Network. Um eight and eight since 2018, 19, um, that first half spreads have gone in that direction. Uh, they've gone eight and eight ATS at home. Uh, in that first half, there's been a trend that's even with the the factoring again, like this is moved towards these, the team that wins outright covering regardless of a favorite or dog um, overall, actually game five, 50, 65, 50 and 65 ATS. So it's been kind of a rough trend for the first half. Why do you specifically like the first quarter here? 
Yeah, so if you look at the trend just in this series, the Denver Nuggets covered the first quarter in their first two games in Denver at home. And then I believe they only they tied in game four. Game three was like a one one point loss in, in the first quarter. So I think this is a good bounce back spot for the better team, the better, the more superior team in almost every way. I think Jokic actually found something at the end of game four, just taking it to Carl Anthony Towns and and Rudy Gobert to go on that. I think personal 12 0 run to end the, the end regulation. But um, I like the spot here. Again, it's coming off two first quarter losses if you were on the spread for the Nuggets. So I think uh, they come out, they come out early and often. Our car- colleague likes to say a trifecta spot. I personally don't see it. I think the Timberwolves potentially would cover the whole game. So that's why I don't want to play the minus nine there in the Nuggets. I think Timberwolves have. Um, have a lot of confidence, especially with Anthony Edwards. He's not scared of this team and he can drive the ball any, every single time, but it doesn't feel like he's totally into the game until the second half. So I'm going to stay away from the full game. I just wanted to do the first quarter. I think the Denver Nuggets role players, as well as the fans, would get that get that over the top for me. I just look this up. When you're up 3-1, it's game five. Um, teams have won the first quarter outright, just one i haven't i don't have ats numbers but they've only won it 46 percent of the time like that's a really interesting trend here right and we're talking about trends versus this individual matchup and you can get lost in these trends um i think it's i think trends are valuable and you shouldn't it's funny because people will be like well i use them to to support my opinion and i'm like so basically you're just indulging in confirmation bias like look see this trend like that's Mm -hmm. where it gets dangerous i i do think it's more as like a warning sign which is one of the reasons i think i'm going to stay away from the ATS stuff in this game. I do feel like the Nuggets are going to win this game, right? So I don't mind putting them in a parlay on the money line with one of the other teams or in a round robin. Um, but I do kind of get concerned about it. Brandon, what's your feel on as a diehard, true blue, un, <laughs> unwavering supporter of the Minnesota Timberwolves? What's your feel on what the Wolves are going to give in game five? Yeah, I, I really wonder who outside of Anthony Edwards actually wanted to make the trip back to Denver here. <laughs> like, like, uh, how's that plane ride going from Minnesota? I, like, I think there's some guys that might have just been ready to, to you know, hit the slopes or get to Barbados or something. Ant's going to show up. Ant has been absolutely phenomenal in the playoffs. Both ends, incredible, everything that you can hope for in the future. Here's my question for you, Albert. So looking at the quarters in the series, the two quarters that have stuck out that Denver has really dominated have been the second and fourth quarters. Somehow, Denver's non-existent bench unit has been thrashing Minnesota, which I think says pretty much what you need to know about the depth of Timberwolves team. So quarter numbers, you already said first quarter, Denver just straight up on the money line. Denver is 2-1-1 one one in the first quarter, plus 11 margin. Second quarter, though, Denver is undefeated, 4-0, plus 25, plus five or better in every second quarter. Fourth quarter, 3-0-1. They tied one of them, but they're plus 20. Fourth quarter, I don't think we want anything to do with. If we expect this to maybe be a blowout, whatever. But why not play the second quarter if Minnesota hangs around a little bit? That trend Matt had would support it. And then maybe Denver kind of continues doing what they're doing. Second quarter line is minus two and a half as well. What do you think about waiting a quarter on that? Or do you either just get in and get out? No, that's a great question. I think a lot of it's uh, just the way my one my principles when it comes to betting is really bucking the trend. I'm very contrarian. So when it comes to 
just the the four first quarter spots already in the the first four games against the spread. It's been Denver, Denver, Minnesota, Minnesota, and so for me, I'm I'm not going to ride the trend there, right? Our colleague colleague Raheem Palmer says catching a fallen knife. I I definitely don't believe that. Um, I also think I'm just more confident in that first quarter because I know. Uh, Matt can probably attest to their their rotation minutes better than me, but I know Jokic is going to play at least ten minutes in that first quarter. Yep. Jokic plus minus n- numbers are insane. Um, game one, he only played twenty eight minutes for the entire game, but he was phenomenal in those twenty eight minutes. <laughs> Not stats wise, but the way he impacted the game. And so I'm always just going to um, err on the side of the, the superstar that I. Uh, back more often so if we're thinking about Jokic and Ant-Man here which I think it's been a great one-on-one battle I think Jokic elevates his teammates a little better and I think in the first quarter with the home team I think that's when your role players really step up Nuggets Celtics is minus 240 on a parlay right now so you're really paying you're having to pay even just to get them in a money line so like you're gonna have to basically decide what you want to do with that last game is essentially what you're going to have to do. And we'll go to that right now. Brandon, I don't think Kawhi comes back for this one. I don't have any reason to think that he's going to come back for this one. Like if they had said like, well, he tweaked his knee or he has knee soreness. Okay. He has a sprain. Kawhi Leonard, they're not going to clear him to play on a sprained knee. They're just not, I don't think they're going to clear him to play. Like credit to Kawhi for playing game two. It's one of the toughest performances we've seen from him. Phenomenal stuff. He was incredible, but then he started. It started to swell. I don't have any reason to think that he's going to play in this game. Clearly, the line does not believe that Kawhi Leonard is going to play. No Paul George, no Kawhi at home. Suns with a chance to make quick work when they need to get this win because they're playing their starters about a billion minutes a game. Uh, tell me why you like the Clippers in the spot. Yeah, I'm not really. This is not a Kawhi bet for me. I'm certainly not expecting Kawhi back honestly in the playoffs until we hear otherwise, because that's just what we, what's been proven with Kawhi at this point. However, I think it's interesting that there are no props up right now. As of Monday noon, when we're recording, there are no props for Clippers players. All the Suns guys are there's no Clippers. That tells me a props better. We can't list these prices yet until we have confirmation. Now I'm not saying that means Kawhi is going to play. That's why I wouldn't bet this price yet. I think that that implies we might not actually be getting the no Kawhi price. We might still be getting the one, two, three Cancun price, and it might actually drift even further toward Phoenix once the Kawhi news confirms. So why Clippers plus 575? Plus 575 right now, and again, I think that number gets longer. Already, that's implied 15% to win a game. Here's my case. I've watched four games this series. At no point have the Clippers only had a 15% chance to win the game. They just don't. Like, nothing that I've seen from the Suns in the series makes me think that the Clippers, like 50% basically is saying the Clippers, if we played out the full seven, the Clippers would win six out of the seven. It's pretty close to what that number would come out to. And that's just not the series that we've watched. We have seen close back and forth. We've seen teams like go on a run when the jumpers fall, then the other team goes on a run. And we've seen really four games that were winnable for the Clippers that Phoenix, because they have KD and Book and CP, they hit the shots late. And Chris Paul has had, I think, really like two great quarters in the series. They just happen to both be strong fourth quarters to kind of put put games away. And I know, look, that's what they are. That's 
That's what the Suns are supposed to do is have those close out. That's why you have CP and Book and Durant. That's the point. So the most likely scenario for my bet is that we get a close game. Like you said, Albert, Russell Westbrook doesn't care what the score is. He's the Anthony Edwards in this series. Like he's just going to keep on coming at you. He's going to fight all the way. We're going to get a close game contested in the fourth quarter. And most likely the Suns will just close it out. That's why you have KD and Book and CP. But if I can have a close game contested in the fourth quarter, that means I have a chance to win. And that means plus 575 is too long. That's all. No, no further analysis. I just think it's the wrong number. And I think the Clippers are live in this game. And I think the Clippers are still live in the series. You think they're still alive in the series? Correct. Go the Clippers on. right now, Clippers right now are 30 to 1 to win the series. That's implied 3.2%. I think the Clippers are almost certainly going to lose the series. I think that number is wrong. I think it is about half of what it should be. I think that there is value on the Clippers. These games are way coin flippier and way more shot variants than the books are letting on. The Suns are overpriced. They continue to be overpriced. They are hitting lots of mid-range jumpers and just not doing a lot else. That is impressive. They're not defending that well. They're not winning a lot of the battles on, on turnovers and rebounding possessions. They're not shooting threes. If they miss a bunch of the mid-range shots, then the door comes open. And I don't think that there's a strong home court advantage in this series, so I'm not worried about that angle. I think the Clippers can be alive. And so why are not? Honestly, not. This is the exact sort of edge of a Ty Lue, Russell Westbrook sort of team that would thrive in a chance to just push, push, push all the way if they had a chance. Okay. Um, so I'm frozen here. I will give my best bets, and then I need, I need advice from the two of you. Um, I'm taking the over in Nuggets Wolves. So the Nuggets are probably going to push pace in game five. They've done much better when they push the pace and really kind of get down downhill on the Wolves. And when they do that, it helps them set their defense and that makes their defense better. Now you say like, well, the defense will be better. So the number will be lower. I don't know, because I think the Wolves are also figuring out the trigger mechanisms. The Wolves have gotten a little bit better versus the Nuggets defense every single game. They've started to, to figure out more and more and more. Anthony Edwards has gotten more comfortable in the pick and roll. Uh, Mike Conley's gotten a little bit more comfortable. Carl Anthony Towns actually did some stuff in game four. So like they are slowly kind of accumulating numbers here where even if I think the Nuggets defense will be better, the baseline floor for the Wolves will be higher than it was in one and two. This number is still really low. This is a 221 regular season numbers. I have this 229. So I'm willing to go ahead and go over here on that game. Uh, Hawks Celtics, I'll take the under because I think honestly the, the thing that comes in here is the Celtics are like, all right, no more messing around. We got to get ready for Philly. And they come in, they lock down. Um, I think Quinn Snyder deserves a lot of credit for getting Quinn or getting Trey Young going when it looked like he was completely locked down. I do expect the Celtics to switch up some coverage and play a little bit more switch versus young and be like, all right, let's live with some other stuff and contain him. I think DeJounte Murray's out because he bumped an official after the game. If DeJounte's out, you can say like, well, that's a better defender for the Hawks. This is not a Hawks. This is not a, this is not a Hawks defense play. This is a Celtics offense play. So I think the Celtics probably just clamped down. Maybe I, I, I'll wind up taking the Hawks on a team total under that might be the better play here. Um, so those are kind of my plays on the totals here as we look at these. I need your advice though. Um, Albert, my instincts have been poor in this first round and I am trying to back off of betting in general in this first round and wait to the second round. I usually have one round where I'm terrible. Sometimes it's the first round. I'm great. And the second round I'm off this year. It's been the first round has been horrible. If I'm wrong in both ones. I'm going to be in, you know, bad shape. 
You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But my question here is like, look, my lanes here are like, all right, let's take Clippers Suns. This is a 12 point spread. So you're telling me that Kawhi Leonard played that the Suns should be eight point favorites versus the Clippers. The four five should be a eight and like an eight point favorite or like seven and a half. When like Brandon said, when we've watched this entire series, that's ludicrous. Like, I agree with Brandon that the money line number is and in, in, is by correlation wrong and therefore there and like the payouts better. So there's better like there's good return on that. But also I'm just like plus 12 and a half seems right. Um, the Nuggets in this situation, they're nine point favorites here when like Denver's floor is pretty low and their pace is slow in general. Even if I like the over in this game. That feels high. Celtics Hawks, 12 and a half. Regular season m- numbers, I have this nine and a half. DeJounte Murray's not worth three points to the spread. Like, we have this trend where game fives go under, or they cover. At least it's a, it's fairly split here. It's more even, especially in the last three years. And historically, the dogs have covered. But I have this overwhelming trend of the last three years, when a team wins, they cover. And when they don't win, they don't cover. These are my inclinations. What do I do with this considering that my reads have been off so much in the first round? Yeah, I think the books are giving a little bit of tax to betters. um, And it's hard to really quantify this, but the motivation factor. So a lot of these teams are playing in the fifth game on the road. I'd say 80, 85% of the players on the the team that's down 1-3 have already made travel plans uh, that they're going to leave this weekend. Uh, So the heart, their heart may not be in it. Um, sometimes you'll have a, a, a lame duck coach who is most likely coaching in their last game as well for the team. So there's a lot of different factors here. I, I would, to me, just like when, when I bet other sports, if it's a high total, I like the over, if it's a low total, I like the under same with spreads. If it's a high spread, I like the, the favorite there. If it's a, if it's a spread, that's kind of make you think twice about hey could could the uh, could the underdog win on the money line here that's where i could um you know make a case for the for the underdog but no i 
If I had to bet blindly here, Brandon mentioned it, but the Cancun one, two, three parlay looks pretty good. And I would even do the spreads on all three of those. Um, I don't know if these teams are, um, these underdog teams are really going to make an effort, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that's why they play their games, right? That's why we, that's why we watch the playoffs every single night, even though the first round has been notorious bad um, throughout history, to be honest. Uh, so um, I don't know, man. To answer your question, don't bet anymore. Just wait till the second round. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, by the way, I just looked this up. Teams that are down 3-1 as a fifth seed. Okay. So like specifically in that 4-5, or because that's our closest one. 6-9 and nine straight up. So a little bit better at 40%. 12-2-1 ATS since wow. 2003. So like fifth seeds have covered in the spot. Brandon, what's your reaction to my conundrum here about this overall trend and my bad instincts versus what my strong leans are for these games? Yeah, and six and nine is is actually quite good, and that that's got to be a positive ROI if you are six and nine as the road underdog in that spot. The team down one three, I'm I'm sure you must be winning there. So, I think you know, in, in answering your question about what do I do. You know, you, you've got totals here. My model says this, and we've talked about, well, my model is here. I can't get there on, here's my 221. The number is 214. I can't get there even as I adjust it. Same with trends. I think to me, like when you take the family to go bowling and the kids get to put up the bumpers on the side to just kind of like keep it down the lane. I think that's what a model needs to be. And I think that's what a trend needs to be. Like in Pirates of the Caribbean, Giant Depp says they're not so much rules as guidelines. To me, that a trend is a guideline. It is a, hey, whoa, oh, that's a big red flag. My instinct said this. My analysis said this. The things that I was studying said this thing. But here's a trend that says the opposite thing. Okay, let me reevaluate. I'm not yeah. going to throw out everything I think, but let me say, okay, what is that trend saying? Is there something to that? Does it apply here? What's the context? What? Is it a team by two or five or 10? Those things matter. And how does it hold up? Is it like you said, first round or the whole playoffs, home or road? So I think it's important to have the model, have the trends because they're bumpers, they're guidelines to help steer you back on the right path. And especially when you get in a spot where you are now, where honestly, I feel like I have been for a lot of this round where it's like, I can't get anything. What is happening? It's nice to have the bumpers and guidelines, but also it's really dangerous to lean on them too much as a crutch and just say, okay, here's my rule. Now I'm just going to bet that rule now. Right. Because I think if you want to do that, if you're going to say, okay, this is my trend, I'm going to bet it blindly for everything. You have to just do that. No more analysis, no more, well, I don't like that in this spot. No, you. if you only want to bet one trend, you have to always bet the trend for everything when it applies. And none of us really do that. And that's not fun either. So it's tricky. I, I back to the picks that you made. The one that I want to push toward, and I you, you already got halfway to it. I think you want the Hawks team total under, not the game under. Yeah. The pace in that series has been up the last two games, and I think that that's a Quinn Snyder thing. Maybe that's a home Atlanta thing. Maybe it reverts a little bit back in Boston. But I was actually looking, trying to again, trying to say, okay. I know I like Boston here. Can I play it? I'm so sick of this series, guys. Like, <laughs> I read on this series was perfect. It's gone exactly as I thought, but I'm getting crushed game by game because I keep, I can't stop betting Okongwu and losing money on it. So, <laughs> uh, to me, this series, I'm just done. I'm done. Give me the Boston win. My best bet of the series previews 
was Boston in five or less. So just win and get out of here. No more with the game. But I was like, okay, well, what about mm, what about a Boston alternate line? Mm, I don't know about that. We talked about those. How about Boston first half? What about a Boston first half over? Because to me, the reason why I'm worried about your game under here is Atlanta's defense does matter here. And if they just put the white flag up, Boston's offense could hang a huge number out here. Right. And even if Atlanta does poorly, and they probably will, Boston could just bomb threes. And suddenly it's like they, they got a 136 and they're just celebrating on the court. Right. So, I mean, they had 67 and 65 points at halftime the last two games with the pace up. Lost one of them, but that's how high they're scoring. So I, I think Atlanta team under, I like better because if your angle is, I think Atlanta rolls over. Uh, also, DeJounte being out means, uh-oh, uh-oh, we're back to the old Trey Young team, the one from last year where we can just blitz Trey, and now what happens? Yeah. They can't score. To me, I think that's the stronger angle there because you're, you're isolating the reason you like the under, and it's the Atlanta half of it. Good call. I'll switch to that. My, my reaction, yeah, my reaction to that quickly, guys, is I, I actually when I have more confidence backing the Boston uh, backing the Boston offense and fading hmm. the the Hawks defense. So I would look into the Celtics team total over and just stay away from unders in a blowout altogether because the backups that you have on Boston can all shoot threes, right? Sure. Brogdon, Hauser, Pritchard, Grant Williams. Most likely they're going to get a lot of run in the second half if we see a blowout. So I think they're just like Brandon said, they're just going to bomb, bomb threes. Okay, that'll do it for Best Bets for a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out the weekend recap in your feed. We'll be back tomorrow with bets for the Wednesday slate. Make sure to follow Albert on Twitter at Analytics Capper. Follow Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. And in the Action Network app. We'll see you guys again next time. Our thanks to David Payne, our producer. So we see you again. Let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.